From Twin Cities Business, this is By All Means, a show about innovation, drive, and purpose, and the leaders who make business work in Minnesota. I'm Allison Kaplan, your host and editor-in-chief of Twin Cities Business Magazine. We're coming to you from the studios of our presenting sponsor, the University of St. Thomas's Opus College of Business, serving more than 3,000 students enrolled in its undergraduate and graduate business programs. The college develops effective, principled business leaders who think globally and act ethically. And now, by all means. If you live in the Twin Cities, you might know Chris Freitag as a fitness instructor at Lifetime. And you probably know to show up early because her classes always fill up. On social media, hundreds of thousands of fans see Chris smiling through squats and whipping up healthy smoothies, doing stretches in her living room. She makes it seem possible and even fun to live a healthy lifestyle. What you might not know is that behind the scenes, Chris is running a successful content platform called Get Healthy You. It's a suite of websites. It's actually content, it's a streaming workout program, and it's all designed to make working out possible anywhere, anytime, on any device. Chris gets asked to talk all the time about fitness and healthy living, but I'm really excited to explore the entrepreneurial side of Chris Freitag's brain, and I'm hoping she won't make me do any sit-ups in the process. Please, pretty please. <laughs> no, no setups today. <laughs> okay, good. But we have squatted already. Oh, we already so, have, of, course. We, of course, we had to. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so fascinated by your career and how it, how what you have figured out about social media and content. I think people know you as a fitness expert, as I said. But I would really like, first of all, to go back and how did you get here? Did you were you an athlete? <laughs> Were you like, did you always no. <laughs> want to be in the fitness business? No, actually. And I'm an entrepreneur without really having known what entrepreneurship was at the time when I started. Yeah. So I went to college in the 80s. And in the early 80s, there was no clear path for fitness as a career. Uh-huh. Uh, there were actually no workout facilities on campuses. People didn't work out every day, especially women. Um, and I had this passion for running and for moving my body and and I loved the feeling of 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 fitness but no one really called it fitness at that time. Were you an athlete in high school or um, in college? No, I was a cheerleader. I know that's shocking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ran track and I did some other things. But anyway, I ended up majoring in journalism because that was a career path and I loved to talk and I loved to communicate and I loved to write and I wanted to explore broadcasting and advertising. So I majored in journalism um, in college with a hobby or a passion for exercise. Okay. And but at the time were you thinking I got to find a way to make money on fitness? Not at all. Not at all. I graduated from college, had a few jobs in the world of advertising, printing. Um and I learned a lot. I learned a lot. That's something that's been really interesting to me my whole life is every job I've had I've come in touch with someone who has influenced my life or or been a uh, a part of my life that influenced the next step. Sure. And I find that to be super interesting. But I um, got out of college, and in the late 80s was when dance aerobics got very popular. Oh, sure. Um, Jane Fonda? Jane Fonda was my hero. Uh, um, as well, Richard Simmons? Did you ever do his oh, work? Oh, I met him. I met him. I did, real, too. Yeah. He, <laughs> He was a gregarious guy. So I got to take a picture with Richard Simmons, and then I had a Richard Simmons-themed birthday party. Oh <laughs> and 
we use that photo on the invitation? Sweating to the oldies. That's right. It was awesome. <laughs> um, but I loved group, or at the time it was called dance aerobics, now called group fitness. I also started lifting weights in the late 80s, early 90s when women were spending a little more time in the weight room. Um, Nautilus machines just appeared in gyms, and it was kind of becoming that trend towards it was okay to gain, have muscle, get huh. strong. Um, and so I got, I took a huge interest in personal training as well as this dance aerobics, which now is group fitness. It's so amazing how it's changed. Yeah, and yeah, evolved. yeah. And I started um, just teaching at night. I loved it. It was kind of a hobby. But then teaching my classes. Yeah. Okay. But then my husband and I, we got married, my college sweetheart, mm -hmm. and we had kids right away. I was 26 when my first was born. And as I was navigating a full-time job and then teaching some aerobics at night, it just, it didn't work. It and was, what was the full-time job? Um, I was at the time working in printing. Okay. And um, so I decided that I would explore becoming a personal trainer and eventually ended up leaving my career, my printing career, and I wanted to be a personal trainer and teach what became group fitness. No longer dance aerobics, but it was called group fitness. Okay. And did you go to li what, Lifetime? So I was what, teaching at Bally's in St. Louis Park oh, for a long Bally's. time. It was actually U.S. Women Fitness at uh -huh. the time. Um, and I moved over to Lifetime Fitness when it opened 21 years ago, Okay, the first one in Plymouth. Um, and I was teaching group fitness at the Lifetime there, got my personal training certification. I was personally, tra I was doing personal training in my home. I would come in contact at that time with so many young moms who wanted to hire a trainer but didn't want to take their kids to the gym, didn't, uh, maybe their kids were having separation anxiety, maybe the hours were, you know, hours that you didn't work sure. at the gym for the childcare or whatever it might be. So I kind of had this niche with uh, moms because they could come to my house, they could bring their kids with them. My house was kid friendly. The kids could see their parents, their moms mm -hmm. in particular working out. And so I was doing a lot of personal training for a good five, 10 years. Okay. And then how did that evolve into thinking about content? Well, so group fitness was always my passion. That is my heart and soul. That's always been my favorite thing because I know it's hard to believe I'm an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a little. How many classes a week um, did you, what, what, what was like the maximum in I your I want to say the max was like eight to 10. Okay. Um, I Don't was, you still do almost that many? I do about many? five or so. That's still a lot. <laughs> um, but I, I really loved that whole group thing. And people would come to my classes and they'd say, oh, I just wish I could do your workouts at home. Like, I wish I could work out with you at home, but I can't come to the gym because of my job or my kids or my this or my that. Yeah. And so I started really thinking, huh, I need to make up fitness at the time, VHS tape. And I was thinking, oh, I really want to do that. And I, at the time, you know, I was using VHS tapes when I couldn't get to the gym, and I just had this passion. I was like, I want to do this. Right. And I think what what people need to understand if they have never taken one of your classes, and you should, is that you're. What's so great is that you're so friendly and approachable. You 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 can do amazing things, and you look amazing, but you aren't. It isn't off putting. I think that's the magic oh, of well, your classes. That's nice of you. But something I learned, you know, one of the classes I loved in college was psychology 101. I really took a liking to it. Mm -hmm. It was a, something I just had to take to, you know, check out the box. Sure. But I learned so much in that class about positive motivation, about the way you approach people, about um, in, you know, interpersonal relationships. And I've always been a believer in motivating from the positive. Negative reinforcement has never been my thing. Cutting people down. I always love to help build people up because I think they perform better. Yeah. Um, You're not yelling at people, work hard! Harder! Right, Squat right. Squat lower! No. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, a little. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but at any rate, I made this VHS tape. And actually, you know, like I said, there have been people along my lifetime in my career that have helped me along the way. And I certainly that's kind of something I feel in my heart is to give back to people who come to me for mentorship or ask me questions mm-hmm. because certain people really helped me through my career. And um, at the time I decided I wanted to do these videos, I reached out to a um, entertainment lawyer who is a good friend of mine. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to help you do this. Like, let's figure out how you could finance this, how you could um, make a VHS tape. And at the time, that's how people worked out at home. They used VHS tapes. There was... But you had like Jane, the Jane Fondas and Richard Simmons of the world doing that. So how were you going to break through? So this is kind of a little crazy story. But I decided to do this uh, fitness uh, tape. But at the same time, I was also creating some other avenues. Like I was going to Care 11 and saying, hey, you guys should have a morning segment about health because it was just starting to happen on the national news. And I was reaching out to home shopping and starting to do some things in home shopping. And I was reaching out to fitness companies and doing some video content for them. So like a lot of things were happening at once. But this little VHS tape was really a huge um, you know, entree to what happened next. I financed it myself. I found a producer here in Minneapolis. I got two friends to be my backup. Did you all wear leg warmers? <laughs> <laughs> we were actually Leotards? past that, but we did have bell bottoms and white um, Reebok high tops. Oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> and permed hair. Um, but, you know, we we did this tape, and then I decided in order to distribute it, there was a catalog here in the Twin Cities that happened to be the largest catalog in the United States for distributing workout VHS tapes okay. called collagevideo.com. Hmm. But at the time, it was just collage video. And I knew about it because I got the catalog. And I would look through it like it was like, get, you know, when you get your exciting catalog, I would open it up and go, oh, what new workouts are there this quarter? And mm-hmm. which tape do I want to order and do at home, you know? And so I called the gal who ran collage video. She's amazing. Again, another person who touched my life. Um, Does collage still exist? Yes. Okay. In a, collagevideo.com. Okay in a different capacity completely. Um, But they were in Brooklyn Park, and she said, come on over. And I went over and met her, shook her hand, and said, I'm a local talent. I have this VHS tape. She said, I'll put you in my catalog. And that was the nicest thing she ever did. So she put me in her catalog, and people were ordering it. You know, I was so excited if 10 of them sold, right? Um, And then through that, that particular workout program, I started getting calls from larger companies who had viewed my my VHS, and we did make a few DVDs because people were starting to have DVD players. Okay. (laughs) And they called me and said, hey, we looked at your DVD. We like what you're doing. Would you like to make videos for us? So I started working for some larger companies, Anchor Bay Company, um, Rodale Publishing, and doing their video content where I was hired as talent. So Um, what was the motivator? I'm so interested that companies were thinking about that then. I mean, were they trying to, was it about offering wellness to their employees? Well, Making fitness videos was a big business. Yeah. I mean, and it still is today in the streaming world. But um, they were making videos for people who worked out at home. I mean, there was... Oh, so it was about consumers. It wasn't about their employees. No, no, no. It was about consumers. I ah, apologize. This it. is totally okay. B2C. They just wanted to get in on it. And right. They wanted and they were looking for be... talent in sure. their, to be in their videos, right? Okay. And so they had previewed my video. They probably ordered it, looked at it, and said, hey, we'll call this girl, and we like her style. And so I started making a whole ton. I made dozens and dozens of 
VHS slash DVDs for other companies. And so you were just being paid like a talent fee. A talent fee. Okay. And sometimes uh, royalties um, that I would, you know, work into the deal. And and so that put me in contact with a lot of different fitness companies. Um, Something else that happened was when video became prominent um, for the first time ever on the Internet. Mm a lot of fitness companies, if you think like equipment companies, wanted to demonstrate how to use their products with video online because that would be a real cool thing to do, right? Instead of just having a stagnant photo with some instructions, they could have someone demonstrating their product. So they were looking for somebody who could talk to a camera and not be you know, afraid or you know, have uh-huh. any camera shot, but also understood fitness. Huh. So they couldn't just hire an actress to do their vit- video, uh, fitness stuff right. because she wouldn't know, he or she wouldn't know what they were talking about. But a lot of fitness people weren't good on camera. So it became a little niche for me. I started working for manufacturers of fitness equipment, people like Life Fitness and Octane Fitness. And I was Spry Fitness. I was demonstrating their products and talking about the product on video. And kind I was getting a, hired as a contractor. So Kind was, of a dream. Yeah, I mean, that's kind exa- of the start of my entrepreneurial yeah. spirit, even though I didn't really know what I was doing. Were you managing all of this yourself? Yes, along with the help of this, uh, my friend, Tom Weiss. Uh, do you know Tom Weiss? I do, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Shout out to Tom, because he was really a, a very big part of me starting my career and helping me manage, okay, let's get you out in the media. Let's get you to write a book. Let's get your video out here. Mm-hmm. He really helped me when put it did all together. You, when did you actually start Get Healthy You? Did that come a lot later? It came a little bit later, yeah, like maybe 10 years later, because I was you know, exploring, all, I, I guess I would have called myself an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So I was making fitness DVDs for different companies. I was doing video content for different companies. I got a publishing deal and wrote a book for Penguin Press, hmm. which then led me to writing books for Rodale Publishing and Prevention Magazine. I was working at Care 11 doing the Monday morning segment. I had my tentacles in a lot of different places, and it was kind of this, I guess you would call it an independent contractor slash entrepreneur, but... You know, I didn't use that word when I first started sure. entrepreneur. Well, we have lots of different words now, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, I mean, we used to be writers. Now we're content producers, Ex- right? I mean, exactly. everything changes. Um, were you making money? Yeah, I was making money, which was really fun. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it was just a really interesting time for me. And back to the word content, I love to write. Mm-hmm. I love to write. So that was another thing that once I wrote a book and got it published, that opened some doors for me with magazines and other um, entities where I could do some writing. And I worked for uh, Rodale Publishing for 14 years, hmm. primarily writing for Pre- Prevention Magazine. I had a column in the magazine for many, many years. I uh, did a lot of um, their uh what would you call them? Their lead stories in fitness, um, like one a quarter, did a whole bunch of stuff for them. Did you like the variety that you're running from teaching to writing to doing a video? I did. And always with the passion in my heart to educate people about healthy living. Because I always loved healthy living. I, you know, I was a college student. Don't get me wrong. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I had my moments. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> um, but I always enjoyed, like I was ate healthy. I always liked to exercise even when people didn't exercise. And then I felt 
a, a passion in my heart to help people understand that being healthy could be fun. It was, you know, think back 15 years ago. If someone said you're going to have a health speaker, it was like, wah, wah, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, in today's world, when people say you're going to have a health speaker, people get excited. Wellness. Wellness. Yes. Self-care. And the, I, I'm encouraged by the younger generation, my kids who are in their 20s, that want to live healthy. They want to be educated. They want to do the right thing. And I love that. Why do you think it's taken us so long to get why why is that a new concept talking about wellness? Well, something that I've always um, talked about, and I do a lot of corporate speaking. That's another one of the weird little things that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but companies started realizing, oh, gee, healthy employees are happier employees. Happier employees cost us less money. There's less health care bills. There's less sick days. There's less problems. And so now companies have wellness managers. And now they hire speakers to come in and educate their employees. And I know that speaking to a company for one hour doesn't change lives, um, per se. It might. But it does start motivation. And it does give them ideas of like, hey, yeah, maybe I will try this or try that. But to answer your question, years ago we didn't have the internet. That We weren't educated. I've always said, if you didn't learn about food in, for instance, college, if you didn't take a nutrition class, how would you really understand mm-hmm. carbs, fats, and proteins? How, how would you know the macronutrients? Right. How would you really understand what all these diets are out there and what's the right answer? Um, and I think in today's world now, now maybe we have too much information, so mm-hmm. it's hard to weed through it and know what's the truth. But we have a better opportunity to become educated about those kinds of things through the internet than right. we did think back when we were younger. Sure. So it would be a textbook or a um, encyclopedia. Uh, yeah, boring. <laughs> so, okay, speaking of the internet, you decide at a certain point what year was it that you started gethealthyyou.com? So, GetHealthyYou.com is probably only about six plus years old, but I started ChrisFrytag.com first, and then it became GetHealthyYou.com. Okay. So while I was doing all these, you know, crazy little things on the side side hustles, as they now call them, mm-hmm. um, I was blogging. I started blogging when blogging became a thing because I thought, how fun! Now you get to write articles for yourself and just put them on the internet and see if people want to read them. But but did you have? Was there like a financial model to that? Didn't you um, want to no, sell at, that content? Not at first. I mean, I was writing for other companies, so yeah. I was getting paid that way. But ChrisFrytag.com was just my blog. So it was kind of just like a billboard for yeah. you and everything you were doing. And, and if you think back to early um, uh, websites, people changed content, what, once a week, once a month? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, like 10 new articles a day or right. something. It was very slow changing, so there wasn't that pressure okay. to create so much content. And for me, it was just a fun way to say to people, oh, I wrote an article about that. Go to my website. And you can learn about that. Mm -hmm. Things that I knew people were asking questions about in the world of health and fitness. And so, and writing um, was kind of like a, um, that was my happy place, as you can understand as a journalist. Absolutely. I loved it. So So how did that, when did that start to crystallize in your head that like, wow, there is actually a business model here? Well, I started getting too busy to be able to keep up with the new idea of updating content more frequently. As that changed, it becomes kind of overwhelming. Yeah, and I you was were like, also early to social media, and that's a whole other thing that, to yes, manage. Exactly. And all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have three kids, and I'm busy, and I can't keep up with this." Um, and I kept teaching group fitness, and I still do today, for a couple of reasons. First of all, it keeps me in shape. You know, I'm yeah. turning 54 this month. 
yeah. help. Hard to believe. Um, so it you know keeps you in shape and yep. keeps me committed. Um, and it keeps you in the know. You can't continue to create workouts and be relevant and know what's happening in the industry if you aren't in the trenches yourself. So I have always made it a point that I have never stopped hmm. teaching or learning, being a student of fitness Um but that being said, going back to the blog, so I was chrisfrytag.com and I was blogging. And at one point, I ended up hiring a couple of people to help me manage it, like a little bit of part-time stuff going on at, the, at first. And it felt, and I know this is wrong, but I just didn't like it being all about me. Mm. I, I didn't like it, oh, it's my name and it's all about me, but it's not all about me. You know, other people are writing articles now on my blog. It isn't just me. So I kept thinking I should come up with a different name where it's more all-encompassing. Hmm. And that's when I made that How decision. How novel. You didn't want to just be an influencer and have it be <laughs> all about you all the time? You know, well, and honestly, now in today's world, I don't know what the right answer is for people when people will come to me and say, should I name my website my name or should I come up with a business name? And you know, there's no right answer to that um, because my social media is under my name. Mm-hmm. Because when people do search for me on social media, they do use my name yeah. probably before they would type in Get Healthy You. Did you realize right away what a powerful tool for drawing attention in business social media could be for you? Um, well, because I had kids that were at that right age where they were getting involved with social media, it perked my interest partially because I wanted to know what they were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us who had kids were like, oh, now I'm on um, MySpace when that first came. And I'm like, what is MySpace and what are you doing? <laughs> um, and so I needed to kind of figure out what it was. Yeah. And then, and I've been kind of an early adopter with a lot of that stuff. Like I, I by no means am an engineer, but I love technology. I like to learn about how to use the technology. I love music. Like I'm always into the newest music. Mm-hmm. Um, so was Facebook the the breakthrough for you or Facebook was it Pinterest? Was. No, it or? was Facebook was first. So That's your biggest my audience? My kids moved to Facebook and then, you know, as kids said, now our parents are on Facebook, so we're going off. Right. <laughs> then it became uncool, but you were already established with what? What do you have? Like 400,000 followers? Like 300 and... 40,000 or something. Well, but when Facebook first started, it was really easy to gain followers because the algorithm was so different. Mm -hmm. And if you had a lot of content, which we had a lot of content in our, um, in our website, we could just put links up to interesting articles that interested people. Mm-hmm. And we would get a lot of people to follow. Or if we started using video, which I started posting mini workouts right away, that was kind of something that was newfangled, like, oh, you can just click on this and you get a workout to do that day. Uh-huh. Um, that was those were the things that went viral for me. I had a couple I will never forget I had this one video that we put together was like a little muffin top melter kind of a thing and it went <laughs> viral and my youngest was at the time in high school and he was like, Oh my gosh, mother, I am so embarrassed. <laughs> All of my friends are getting the muffin top melter on. <laughs> <laughs> did you come up with that name? I'm sure I did. You know, it's and, all about having a catchy yeah, title, the yeah, muffin yeah. top melter. Silly, how does I that know. work exactly? The uh, muffin top melter. How does it work? <laughs> um, well, if you know me, you know I'm a realist, realist, so I never tell people you can melt that muffin top overnight. <laughs> um, but I will tell you know, but people know what a muffin top is, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I mean, with that particular video, I remember we got like forty thousand followers in one week like that was the craze of Mm -hmm. Facebook or if you were the first person on Pinterest or if you were one of the first people on um, Instagram but Facebook has always been a good platform 
for um, health and wellness. You know, it went through its phases where there was some really weird stuff that people, well, there still is weird stuff that people post. Mm -hmm. But I have always kept my focus on, I I either want to educate, inspire, or sometimes make people laugh. Those are like the three things that we talk about. We want to educate people to help them get smarter or better at what they're doing to take care of themselves. We want to inspire and motivate people to that point where they go, yep, I can do this. And then every so often you got to throw in some humor because you got to, you got to keep it real. Absolutely. So you were, you were building an audience. Were you finding that it was driving traffic back to your website? Um, I was, yes. Another thing that did help me build though a national brand was the fact that I was working for Rodale Publishing for 14 years. Mm -hmm. So with my association with Prevention Magazine, I was garnering a lot of um, national eyes, right? They were reading my articles in the magazine. I was on prevention.com. I was leading um, a lot of test panels with real women from across the country. So that helped. And then I was also selling on home shopping, another one of my crazy side hustles at QVC, you know, for six years, which, What were you selling? All kinds of stuff. (laughs) But did you ever Um, have a product of your own? I did. I had my own line of healthy kitchen products. I did not know this. Yes. Was it called like Chris Chris Fried Tag Fitness Blender, Chris Fried Tag Health Grill, Chris Fried Tag Popcorn Popper, (laughs) Chris Fried Tag Ice Tea Maker? Did you develop that with the home shopping? I developed, well, it's a really crazy story. So when I I met, uh, again, people. Connection is always, I think, I'm always like, use your connections, get to know people, be kind hearted, give to people and get back from them because you never, I'm sure you feel the same way. You never know where it's going to take you in your career. Um, So I met this guy and he was involved with a company called Back to Basics. They were a kitchen electrics company that sold to Target. They sold into Target. Mm -hmm. And he and I were talking one day about fitness. And this was, you know, in the early 2000s when people were making fitness smoothies very new concept. And I said, oh, I just want a little blender where you can make this easy at home, you know, where you, the cup that you blend in is the cup that you drink from. And he's he said, oh, I know this company. I work with these guys back to basics. They have a blender like that, but it doesn't sell well at Target. You know, this gentleman who owned the company comes to Target all the time. I'll set up a meeting with you guys. So I met with the founder of the, co- the owner, founder of the company. I said, I would love to sell a blender like this. And he said, well, I have a connection on QVC. Let's put you on QVC. We'll put your name on the blender because things sell better when it's mm-hmm. more humanized. And um, if you sell them, great. We'll make more. And if you don't sell them, handshake. Did and you sell them? Yeah. So I said, okay, and, you know, no skin in the game for me. I'll go out there and I'll sell them. And I got on air and, you know, I'm, I'm talking for a few minutes and then the guy says to me, okay, well, it was really nice to meet you. See you later. You're sold out. And I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was the start of, hey, what else can you sell? So for six years, I sold tons and tons of amazing kitchen products mm-hmm. at QVC that were Super helpful. Like, that's always been my thing, too, is that I have to believe in it. And I do believe with home shopping. You can tell if somebody believes in what they're talking about or not. Um, So so it was a fun run for me. So why did that end? Well, again, um, because my kids. Mm. Because my kids were at that age where they were super busy and lots of activities and sports. And my youngest was just starting um, college and he was playing college hockey. And this was about five years ago when I knew this was all coming down the pipeline. And I said, I want my weekends back because I was working a lot of Sundays at Uh, QVC. And I thought, nope, it's more important to me 
to not miss yeah. that part of their lives. Good so. for you. But you certainly found other side hustles to turn into all-the-time hustles. You, is that when you kind of started focusing on Get Healthy? You? Well, in the meantime, you know, again, these were all like, I always say my career is not a straight line. And when I talk to younger people, I always tell them, you know, when I was graduating from college, this was so not on my radar. First of all, fitness wasn't really a career and there was no Internet, no cell phones. Mm -hmm. So how could I have ever dreamt that this is what I would do? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But my workouts had stayed very popular throughout the years. I made all these workouts for Anchor Bay, then Rodale Publishing. Then I was working for a company called Exercise TV, which was on everybody's cable TV. Mm -hmm. So people were working out with me. And as soon as Exercise TV folded, Uh, because they sold out to NBC and then they pretty much just folded all their content. People would start contacting me and saying, well, when's your next workout? How can I get your workouts? And that was the... That was the motivation for me to say, I need to start creating my own content that I own because I didn't own any of that other content. Mm -hmm. And I need to... That would be a great, I have a great audience. You know, I have a big distribution of, you know, email list and my Get Healthy You website and I need to start doing this. And... My kids were telling me nobody had a DVD player and it was time to move into streaming. I barely understood what streaming was five, six years ago. It was new in my mind. And for people my age, I had to spend like two minutes explaining what streaming was Uh back in, you know, six years ago. You think about it. But this was before Peloton, before Um, the mirror? Yeah, because how old is Peloton? Yeah, Peloton, the mirror. um, Daily Burn was around. Daily Burn was around. They're a big entity in the streaming membership websites. Mm-hmm. Um, but Beachbody, Peloton, all the, those are the big ones. And there's tons of small little memberships out there. But I had I wanted to do this. And I thought, okay, it's going to have to be streaming. I'm going to have to create all my own content. How am I going to get started? Yeah. And I did some research and started again talking to people that I knew in the industry. And I came up with a partner in the business because I wanted to grow it big. And I knew that there was a lot in the, you know, the back end, all the credit card security, that all the videos are constantly ready to play around the world all the time. No hiccups. No, you know, there's just a lot to it. So I yeah. partnered with a marketing company here in the Twin Cities okay. that runs membership websites. Smart. They run 15 different membership websites, um, but mine was fitness. They and mm-hmm. These are all different types of membership websites. So that's what we started about five plus years ago. We're coming up on our four-year anniversary of actually being live. Did you have to put out a lot of money to? I mean, you've got to produce all these videos. You've got. I mean, it seems like there's a lot to. Yeah, it. it's a partnership. So yeah, I've put out some okay <laughs> chunks of change. Yeah. <laughs> um, like my husband always says, "Are you gonna make money?" <laughs> Well, but do you? That's (laughs) my question, too. How long did it take? Right. Um, It it was risky, and also it took a lot of my own time. I mean, before we now have five local trainers on Get Healthy You TV. So Get Healthy You TV is the membership portal for Get Healthy You. Um, But... At first, I was just making all the content. So I literally made like, you know, fitness video after fitness video after fitness video just to make sure that I had, you know, 30 workouts or something to start my channel. Now we have over 250 workouts. Did you hire a a film crew? Well, along with my partner, yes, my marketing partner. So we had access to film crews and music. Again, I knew people in the music industry with licensed Music, you can't just play any music right. on a video. Peloton's learning that the yeah. hard way, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, so, you know, we had to go through all of the steps. And, yes, I outlaid a lot of money. I bootstrapped everything. My husband said from day one, we're going to bootstrap this. We're not going to go out and get investors. Um, Why? So he just felt like, as did I, that once you sell part of your business, then 
you're owned, you know, Mm -hmm. and so call it smart or not smart. That's Mm -hmm. just how I did it. So, yeah, for years um, it was tough. (laughs) And for years I think you would know uh, as an entrepreneur too, like people would say to me, wait, you did that for free? I'm like, oh, you don't know how many things I've done for free Mm -hmm. or gotten my butt out of bed at 5 in the morning or flown across the country to meet somebody or whatever it might be just to open that door. Sure. So you have to do some of that. At the same time, it's tricky because everybody wants things from you and they want it for free or they want the content or you've got to put so much out there. How do you figure out the right balance so that you're not flying constantly and you're not being taken advantage of and you're actually making money? Well, I tailored once we got Get Healthy UTV going, I tailored back all my side hustles. So I kind of tailored back a lot of the other things I was doing. I was teaching continuing education across the country for fitness professionals. <laughs> I'm crazy. I, I am crazy. <laughs> my do, mom would tell you, you that. Do you consume caffeine or is this I all do, natural? I do, but I have always been very naturally uh, energetic. <laughs> but I mean, I will say to all of you out there, like, Boy, age is humbling. You know, I can, I, I have a ton of energy, but your body changes, everything changes, and I notice in my fifties that I'm way different. You know, if I could burn the candle on both ends when I was thirty, it's very different mm-hmm. when you're in your fifties. Like you need sleep to survive. I think you, one of the nice things is that you talk about your age. You don't try to, pre- you don't try to make it like you're something you're not. And I think it really resonates with a lot of women who maybe don't feel like the target of a lot of newer boutique fitness options that have popped up. Right. Well, I believe, and I know that the fitness industry is about looking good, right? I mean, that's a, that's a good motivator for a lot of people, but I have always said, and I feel even more strongly about it now, is that if that's your only why, it it won't last. Mm-hmm. If your only why is look good or lose weight, it won't last. It's You have to have deeper whys. And I think as we get older and wiser, we have deeper whys. I like to work with people and say, I want to know your whys, but the, the, it can't be weight loss. It can't be. I don't want to see weight loss on your piece of paper when we're going through the, you know, the uh, practice of what, why do you want to change your life? Yeah. Because weight loss is going to be the byproduct of healthy living. It just is. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science. Like I'm not. I don't make this stuff up. It's like if you eat healthy and you move your body and you get sleep. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You can lose weight. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. It happens time and time again. But I always believe that people health is about how you feel. Your health numbers. I mean, clearly those are very big indicators. Your cholesterol, your blood pressure your um, triglycerides, your blood sugar. Uh, you know, we know that those health numbers matter. But then it's like, what's your frame of mind? You know, how, what's your mindset like? How, what's your energy levels like? What's your happiness level like? Those things all spill into your health and fitness. Sure. So what is a typical work day for you? Did, now, did you work out this morning? I did. <laughs> On your own or with a class or a I video a camera? I at 5.30. Oh, God. And um, there's loads of people at, you know, I, it's, a, it's an unbelievable community that's been the people that I work out with at Lifetime Fitness in Plymouth. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, about 100 people that show up at 5.30 in the morning. Unbelievable. No, it's not. So okay. It's not. So you're done at, so you're done at what, 6.30? 6.30. And then what? And then I showered, got ready, did some emails, talked, you know, to some people on the phone, and then we were shooting um, social media content from like 9 to 11. How big is your team? Now it's smaller. Um, at one point, I had four full-time employees and like three part-time. Now I have 
two full-time employees and a couple part-timers. And then my marketing partner has a team of about five people who work with me on Get Healthy You TV. Okay. So Takes there is an army yeah. of people for the Get Healthy You TV side. Okay, so you recorded videos. We did social media content. So we do a lot of it in batches so that we aren't just, oh, no, we need a workout today. Let's film that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we batch out a lot of social media. And then I met with my team, and now I'm here. Wow. And you obviously like and thrive on that variety. I love it. Yeah, I do. I love variety. Um, I love... I I love to interact with people. I would not do well locked in a room by myself. (laughs) No. (laughs) You would probably find a way to bring people in. I mean, one of the hardest things I ever did was write a book, um, you know, several books, because, like, you're alone in your own head, which I love pouring it out on paper, but, man, that alone time is hard for me. Yeah. Wow, you must have really been fun on the weekends while you were doing that. (laughs) So um, did you ever think about opening your own fitness studio? I did. I did. There was a point where my husband is in commercial real estate, and we looked around Mm -hmm. for little fitness studios. But you know what? I have always loved my community at Lifetime Fitness, and I've seen all of these smaller gyms pop up and so forth. And I've felt very fortunate to work at Lifetime. I love just the whole setup, and I love large groups of people, Mm -hmm. and I love the opportunity to teach a variety of classes. And so it just stayed with me. And as I got deeper into the home, you know, at-home fitness, you know, it's really a separate thing. I go to Lifetime. I teach my classes for those who live here in the Twin Cities. But my audience is a national audience of people who are working out at home. Do you know these days what the breakdown is of people who are working out at home versus going to a a studio? I don't know that exact number, but I would tell you that there are less people going to studios than you think. I mean, there's so many of them. There's so many big clubs and studios. So you think, gee, everybody in the world belongs to a club. But we are a small fraction of this country, and we are a very lucky fraction of this country. Because I even say it's not, sometimes it's about money. I get that. But a lot of times it's about time. For women that write to me and DM us on Instagram and Facebook and write to the websites. And um, and we get hundreds of messages, like literally, probably daily. (laughs) What do they want from you? What are Um, they messaging you about? questions about, I'm this old and I'm doing this. And what do you think about that? Or what? And a lot of people write to us about, what should I do on Get Healthy UTV? What workout should I start with? What calendar should I start with? And so we've started making videos. When we get a conglomerate like when we get the same question 50 times we go okay it's time to make a tutorial video that lives on the website so that we can just send them the link to that what does it cost to be to subscribe to get healthy you well so get healthy you tv tv sorry yeah um so we have two different uh, levels of membership premium membership is um you think I know this by heart. Fifty nine for the year. For the year. We for do annual year. membership. Okay. So that's really cheap. That's a lot cheaper than a And then the club. gold membership, which most people gravitate towards, is one forty nine for the year. So that comes out to be eleven or twelve dollars a month. And the gold membership offers a new workout every Monday morning. We do a live workout in Wyzetta, Minnesota, every Monday morning, and it goes into your account. So if you're a gold member, you look forward to every week. You go, hey, what's the next workout that's Mm -hmm. going into my account? It's like having something new. Are you able to track how people use it, like what time of day they're doing your videos? Or do you know, are they people who tend to also belong to a gym and they're doing it in between? Yeah, we do a survey like once a year. um, And we find out, surprisingly, that a good portion of our membership also belongs to a gym. Hmm. But if you think about people's behavior patterns, you belong to a gym and maybe you're a new mom and you go to the gym three or four days a week and you really appreciate your gym. But those other days, you need a workout at home and you want someone to tell you what to do and you want it to be a certain 
certain length of time and a certain intensity, and that's hard to do on your own in mm-hmm. your basement or your family room. And so we have a lot of the crossover. We also have a lot of people who just really appreciate um, having the opportunity to work out at home, or maybe they travel for work all the time. Yeah. Um, all the numbers that I see, and every time I've written a, an article about the fitness industry, it seems like there's just still so much potential, even though it seems like there's now a gym on every corner. At the same time, especially as the technology is allowing more of more things to come into our home, do you do you feel threatened? Do you feel like, oh my God, I got to figure out what the next thing is? I don't, because if you let fear rule you, you'll give up. You know, so I always I, I, look at I'm wearing my necklace, fearless. Wow. You have to be fearless when you're an entrepreneur. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and this is, I always tell entrepreneurs, like, if you have an hour, two hours, I can tell you about all the mistakes I made because I made a lot. Yeah. I've wasted a lot of money on dumb decisions. I've made bad moves. I've said dumb things. Okay, you know, tell us I, one. Come on. <laughs> What's one bad decision that haunts well, you? I've, I've paid for services, you know, different email services or different things or uh, contractors that say they're going to help me with such and such and it ends up being money lost. And I will say when I started corporate speaking, I learned really quick to know your audience really well before mm. you show up. Mm-hmm. Because I one time kind of put my foot in my mouth at a company. Um, I said something about packaged food that probably shouldn't have. And um, oh yeah, that stuck with me. <laughs> okay. I, I learned. Didn't like, get asked back there? Ah, uh, Yeah, no. <laughs> and I literally got in my car and cried. Oh. I was like, I'm an idiot, you know. But you know, it happens. It is. But, yeah. you know, you're not learning if you're not f- making mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So so do you, how far ahead are you thinking? I mean, are, are you thinking about tomorrow's video or Instagram moment? Are you thinking about what you're doing as a company in a year from now? What, All of that. Okay. All of that. We do long-term planning and short-term planning. So we think about what does the next year look like or two years. And then we also think about what does this quarter look like and this month. And then we drill down the month. And the two girls that work for me full-time, one is really focused all on marketing, our emails um, that we send out uh, to our email list, all of the marketing that we do on our website. So Get Healthy You is a content website. We make money through advertisement and partnerships, brand partnerships. Anyone can go to gethealthyyou.com, read the article. You can search back fat, thigh fat. You can search <laughs> what is hip, the most hip injury well, or back, back injury. Yeah. Um, what is the most search? People tend to search about... Um, a lot of injuries, you know, which makes sense, like mm-hmm. hip injury, back injury, sore shoulder, um, recovery days. Uh-huh. We get a lot of that pain, things that have to do with pain, uh-huh. um, and a lot of things that have to do with the, you know, the typical belly fat, back fat. Jiggly arms. Jiggly arms, <laughs> yeah. Women over, we do a lot of content for women over 40, women yeah. over 50. You know, as I age, I feel like I'm speaking to that audience. Right. Um, but one gal focuses on marketing, and then one gal really focuses on digital content. Okay. And she does all of the helping me plan out the social media and plan out some of the digital programs that we're doing with brands. Mm-hmm. And then we do have a part-timer that really helps us manage Pinterest because we did kind of skip over that. But Pinterest is a very large driver of traffic to our website. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I Pinterest seems that we hear that a lot here, that it's still, even though I feel like it's evolved and kind of not well, it's as not magical a, it's as It's not it a was. social media yeah. entity anymore. It is a search engine like Google. Interesting. So. Okay. Um, are you ever just tired and like, <laughs> don't want to like sit on the couch, um, eat chips? Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> I do that. Okay. Um, I, you know, when my kids were little, I'll never forget one time one of them said to me, Mom, you've never sat on this couch. And I'm like, you know, I think you're right. I've never sat on that couch. <laughs> 
Now I sit on the couch every night, you know, nice. if the kids are out of the house. I do. I mean, I do enjoy my downtime. I have my shows that I watch. Um, I Yeah, I do have my laptop open, as I'm sure everybody does. Uh, you know, that's the thing about working for yourself. It's like you set your own hours. You set your own vacation time. You you do your thing, but then you never leave work. Right. And that was a trade-off you were willing to make to be there, to be the mom you wanted to be and the business person you wanted yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. I'm really curious, Chris, um, and you and I had the experience of going back. We went to the same journalism school. We did. UW-Madison. And I'm really curious if you had it to do over and we were both kind of marveling we were there together last week and thinking about how much the programming has changed right it's a totally different experience going to journalism school today if you had the whole thing to do over again knowing what what you've become and the business you've built would you do it the same way that's such an interesting question because I feel like in today's world, if you want to really dive into the fitness world, you need an exercise physiology degree um, or something geared towards the health sciences. Um, and I always, you know, I would have loved that. But in 1983, that just wasn't really an opportunity. So I went journalism. But, you know, I've said this to you before, I felt like journalism was going to be my detriment at first because I thought, oh, you know, how am I going to be a fitness person that doesn't have a fitness degree? Mm -hmm. But it became my asset because I had all these skills that really helped me with communication. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it'd be hard to say I would do it different. I, I love that I got all of those skills. And one of the things about being a journalist at heart is that I am a lifelong learner, like education is so important to me. And when it comes to exercise, like I want to understand how that muscle works, where the insertion is, you know, what's the joint that's it's affecting. I, I just love the knowledge. And so I have always been for the last 30 plus years educating myself in the, that fitness world. I, I'm like someone who says, if you mention a fiction book to me, I'll be like, huh, what, what is that? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't read fiction. I love reading of things that are, you know, about professional development and fitness. And I love now, of course, podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a lifestyle. Bug, yeah, that journalism bug is in me. I mean, yeah. I don't know what I would say, but. If you do want to go into fitness out there, you probably do want to go in the health sciences. Mm -hmm. Would you, what would you suggest today? I feel like a lot of people dream of, you know, the next fitness concept or it's always changing. Would you advise people to to open a gym, to work for a company, to what do you think is the best strategy? You need to research it. And, you know, one of the things when you asked if I ever thought about opening a gym and I did, and my husband is a commercial real estate guy. And so we did a little bit of looking, but he like asked me the right questions. He's like, do you want to be at this gym every single day mm-hmm. at morning to night? No, I don't. I've got three little kids. Do you want to deal with everyone's problems and all the things that go wrong there? I'm like, no, I don't. You know, and that just really hit me like, nope, that's not the avenue I'm going to take. So Mm -hmm. I would say really put your mind into it. And something I've known about myself from the day I got into fitness is that group fitness is my jam. Mm -hmm. I love making people feel good. I love bringing people up. I love educating people to help them with better form and better success. I love the energy of other people with me, and that brings me up and gets me to to be a better um, person too. So, I just that has that has never that that piece of me has always been the most important. And now, even though I had all these different high, side hustles, it's now come back to get healthy. UTV is my 
world, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's amazing. You've built an amazing universe around you, and <laughs> it's super, it's fun to, to see it all happen. Thank you for sharing your story with us, Chris Freitag. Check out GetHealthyU.com. Stick around. We're going to go back to the classroom next with the University of St. Thomas. And I don't know, I feel like maybe we need to do some stretches, a couple squats, something. Sure, let's, let's do a few. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. As you heard, Chris Freitag's career is truly the embodiment of turning passion into profession. How could you do that? Let's go back to the classroom with the University of St. Thomas Opus College of Business. Marcella De La Torre is director of the Association for Advancement of Collegiate Schools of Business. She also teaches business ethics and leadership here at St. Thomas. Thank you, Marcella, for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So you listen to Chris talk, and I mean, wow, you can just feel her passion around what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people start from a place of passion, some don't, but I think what's really interesting is taking something you love that maybe you're not thinking about as a business and figuring out how to profit off of that. Right, right. I mean, you just listen to her and you want to stand up and start exercising. (laughs) She's just so energetic and has so much passion. It just, uh, you can see it through. And what I like about what she said is that she saw a need Mm-hmm. and was able to match that with her passion, which it can get any better than that. If you have a passion and you see a need and can you and you can make a business out of it, that's perfect. I think right. it can't get any better than that. So and, maybe that's the key is that you think about things you love, but then you think about like, well, what need could that fill in the marketplace? Exactly. What isn't being yep. served? Uh, yep. Um, and being observant, of course, she saw the need. She saw the mothers wanting to exercise at home and people who were too busy to go to the gym every day. So she had that aha moment and turned it that into her passion. Right. You had some thoughts as well just about kind of how you how you set it up, how you go about creating that business once you once you identify the need. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, I think what what happened with her, which I think it's very clever, is that she started as a contractor and she started trying things out there. And then she met one person and then she went to the next person. So one connection took her to the next. She was very clever about also building the partnerships and knowing what she was doing. She's uh, a very bright woman, obviously, and she was able to prepare for these uh, meetings and these encounters with people because she does talk about you have to be fearless and you have to prepare. And that's what she did. I, I remember her saying that she went to Care 11 and then she started going to shopping networks. And one thing took her to the next. So she saw these opportunities and they just kept building. Right. Uh, so it was fantastic. So it's good to have a business plan, but you also have to be open to things evolving as you go along. Yes, correct. And and she also talks about uh, how she started with VHS and then she went to digital media. She almost just kind of, uh, you have to be flexible. You have to adapt fast. And, and we know that uh, we have to keep adapting faster and faster because there are newer and newer technologies coming, but she has that ability to see what's coming and trying it out. And she's always, she talks about being a lifelong learner and always learning, teaching and learning at the same time. So she is in the know constantly. Right. So I think, I 
thought those were great attributes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's the way to do it. If only yep. we could channel Chris Freitag's energy. Well, right. Marcella Delatore, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our sponsor, the University of St. Thomas Opus College of Business. If you haven't already, please subscribe to By All Means wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate us and review us. It definitely helps the show. I'm Allison Kaplan on behalf of Twin Cities Business. Thanks for listening to By All Means. Teamwork to make by all means, and we've got some all stars. Thanks to our audio engineer, Tom Ferlitti. Digital support is Ricky Hannigan and Dan Nepo. Thanks to the University of St. Thomas Senior Media Relations Manager, Vanita Sakar, and Associate Dean of the Schultz School of Entrepreneurship, Laura Dunham, for all their help. Our theme music is by Songfinch. Hope you enjoyed by all means. Bye.